Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show. Introducing Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Julia Men at the Wee Tipple, and now pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know I will. Welcome back, Ramblers. It's another beautiful day in paradise, and I'm Julia Men. With me, as always, is the radiant, the lovely, the gorgeous, the ethereal Justin Curry. And we have another very exciting, very special guest today, Joshua Gutkin, ambassador to all things swank and brand representative for High Clare Castle Gin. We're super excited to have Joshua on the show and learn all about this gin. So, Joshua, welcome. Thanks for joining us today how exciting thank you for having me super excited to be here obviously you know we we have recently touched base and and met and uh, immediately i knew whatever you were doing i wanted to be a part of so i was so excited when i got the formal invitation to join you here today well thank you um for those of you who don't know and haven't heard me chit chat about vin expo or high clear in general uh joshua and i met at vin expo this past march was it yeah early march and shit uh we just hit it off like a house on fire it was delightful and exciting it's been a while since i've met someone with the same kind of robust energy and passion for gin and spirits and that's why we're very happy to, you know, do our little show and have him on and talk about this fantastic gin. And actually, we're going to start off with what's in my glass and what sours my mash. And gee, I wonder what the fuck I am tasting tonight. Spoiler alert, kids. It's High Clare Castle Gin. It's London Dry and holy crap, this nose. It is beautiful. I wish I had a button to hit you with a drum roll right now because the suspense is building through the screen. I can't even handle it. I'm feeling the vibrations. The citrus is tingling your nose. And what you're getting in there is lime flower and Italian orange peel. Now, the orange peels and the lime flower are part of the eight botanicals that come from the gardens around Highclere Estate that date back to the ninth century BC. So, yeah, heirloom botanicals you're drinking that predate this beautiful nation we're currently in. Yeah. And wow. Jesus, when you kids taste and well, just smell the gin, that lime is the immediate first thing, followed by the rest of those crisp citrus, lovely, gentle florals that a lovely, gentle, like river rock minerality. It is just a delight to smell. The juniper is there, but not punching in the face. Everything is incredibly well balanced. Now, Julia, while you sample that, oh yeah, oh yeah, the, the, my objection to gin is what you just said. You hmm. said not overly juniper. My experience, I'm a whiskey guy. I like complexity. I liked a little smoke. I liked a little story going on in there, and I liked a three tiered tasting experience. I wanted the nose. I wanted the wash, and I wanted that exhale. And I largely found that vodka was nail polish remover and gin was a slight upgrade that lent itself to a medicinal nature. <laughs> and not every time I have a cocktail do I need to be cured of some, you know, mystery illness, although it is a wonderful cure for any mystery illness. 
I'll drink that. Cheers. <laughs> I wanted something complex. And so when I tasted this and I found out it wasn't Juniper Forward, it didn't scare me away back into memories of my mother's liquor cabinet at 16, drinking too much gray. <laughs> and it had that creamy mouthfeel that brought me back to whiskey. It, 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 there was a velvetiness to it that was extremely familiar, hmm. familiar, elegant. Um, and it didn't, it didn't bite. It didn't ruin the palate. And gin is a hard thing to pair with things because it's so polarizing. Um, the botanicals put in that bag, not like essence of, it's all the way. Um, so I, I just found a really great canvas in this gin where so much could be done with it through mixology and through just traditional sipping like you guys are doing now. Yeah. And I have to point out, it is 43.5%, but it is silky AF. There is none of that nasty, harsh alcohol burn. It is, it's very palatable and it is absolutely delicious. I'm a big fan and I'm just drinking it neat. It would be absolutely banging in a cocktail, but I didn't feel like going through the hassle of making a cocktail tonight because you know what sours my mash tonight? Moving. I am in the midst of moving and it is exhausting. Oh my God. And also things you never think about until you're faced with them. Who created a refrigerator that has a gajillion little lines in it? So all the dust and dirt and grease just gets in there and then you have to try and clean it, but you can't just wipe the surface. You have to like get in there and scrub it and Jesus fucking Christ. I'm exhausted, and whoever created that type of refrigerator should be slapped. That's all I have to say. Joshua, what are you drinking, and what sours your mash today? <laughs> I'm fucking emotionally caught up in the fact that your fucking fridge has so many goddamn lines, and I'm over here researching who the fuck created that. Because it, it, was, it was Jacob Perkins. Who's Jacob Perkins, and he should... <laughs> 18, 1834, the father of the refrigerator. Um, he was he patented the cooling system that is essentially the compression cooling system that is used in modern refrigerators. Although some people say it was Albert T. Marshall who patented the first mechanical refrigerator in 1899. Okay, well, don't get me wrong, it's not that I hate refrigerators, <laughs> it is whoever designs the outside of refrigerators, so it is not one sleek, smooth Ooh. surface. What, what brand is the refrigerator? If I know it's, it's, I don't know. It's a white old one with a bunch of blinds in it. It's so annoying. Are you describing a person or a refrigerator? Yes. Okay. Yes. yeah. <laughs> anyway, any one of you out there who have moved, Christ help us all. I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I mean, you see, you see how much I hate moving. Can you, can you imagine my next move? <laughs> Oh. I have imagined it when you said you were talking to realtors yeah. and I'm thinking, Justin, what the fuck? Yeah. How are you going to do that? Don't know. Anyway. It'd be like up 200 on Tetris. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You would, you would be amazed. So, uh, Josh, what is in your glass? So, Justin, you find yourself again talking to a realtor tonight because that's exactly where I came from. But on to my glass. <laughs> Two realtors. <laughs> what are you doing? All the realtors are. Right. 
So what's in my glass is the majestic High Clear Castle Gin, quickly Yay! becoming the most awarded gin in the world, second only to a brand that does not acknowledge where its awards came from. First place, a little subjective. Um, <laughs> it has eight botanical ingredients. This was started by the CEO of Onyx Moonshine. I don't know if you remember this brand from Connecticut. It was Connecticut's first distillery, and it was made in Manchester and then East Hartford. And about in 2019, they decided to close down Onyx Moonshine after a bottle went to the moon and there was wonderful success locally. It was a Connecticut spirit, and it had a real Connecticut passion, but that's really where it was limited. And so, as that was kind of coming to its end of its life cycle, Adam Von Gutkin, the CEO of this company, reached out to Lady and Lord Carnarvon, who had just wrapped up filming Downton Abbey. Yes, Downton Abbey. With the show. Never and, saw it. And so he literally reached out to them and said, you know, what are you guys doing? I love the castle. I love the history behind it and said a little bit about himself. And it turns out they had recipes in the basement for all sorts of cocktails dating back 200 years ago and that they had a working garden. there. So our CEO visited the gardens. They talked about it. And after two years of carefully perfecting the recipe, they put out High Clear Castle Gin. It is a traditional London dry gin that is not gimmicky. It is not going to turn pink when you add citrus. It is <laughs> um, got 472 floral arrangements that make you feel like you got your ass kicked by a person at Bed Bath & Beyond. None of that is transpiring here. It is the obvious upgrade to anybody who drinks Beefeater, Tangeray. Tangeray 10 um, makes a similar style gin where it is their citrus forward quasi-premium option. And I would challenge anybody to, to dry taste it next to their their favorite standard brand. I think a lot of us wear Nikes because we're, we're supposed to wear Nikes and then you put on a pair of New Balance and your mind's blown. Um, you know, uh, I encourage people to allow themselves to experience magic. And magic happens when we're certain something is shit and we try it and we say, that's good. That's that. He's got the juice. It happened with me with sushi. I got exposed to bad sushi. I didn't fucking like sushi. And then someone took me to a sushi restaurant and I didn't really have the leverage in the, in the relationship yet to fucking get out of it. So I was like, I guess I'm fucking eating sushi. <laughs> and it blew my frontal lobe clear out of my cranium. It engaged senses I didn't even know existed. And, and that's what I encourage people to sample. As a cocktail, what I decided to make was a King Charles cocktail in honor of our upcoming coronation of King Charles. As you know, our late queen passed away in England. Um, and um, we're going to have the coronation of King Charles, making him formally the king of England. Um, now, we did some research. We partnered with, uh, you know, the, the nobles over there that, that gave us some information. And we worked up his favorite cocktail. Now, as a bar manager, someone who had been experienced in the bar world, if you had told me you had a scotch cocktail planned for me, I would say, kindly get the fuck out of my house, please. Um, <laughs> scotch cocktails are dead, right? They're fucking dead. 
Nobody of my generation is ordering a scotch cocktail, and I would have been on that ship. Come on, <laughs> on the ship. He's gonna and fight then, you. Fight you on it. I allowed my word to be blown by Good. drinking a King Charles cocktail. Now, what a King Charles cocktail is? It's a half an ounce of Macallan Twelve, two ounces of High Clear Castle Gin, a half an ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice, and just a dash of triple sec with a rosemary sprig, which I do not have. I wanted to lie to you and just say like I ate it because I was too hungry waiting, but I did. I just ran out of fucking rosemary spray. But the way <laughs> these ingredients come together, it tastes like none of them independently. And it takes you on a, a, a romantic tasting journey that borders on pornographic. I'm going to drop it. I'm going to say, you know, if it, uh, you know, if I had to pay by the minute, I wouldn't, you know, judge them. <laughs> But um, it is a marvelous, complex, extremely sophisticated cocktail that fits my palate absolutely perfectly. That sounds fantastic. And now I need to find some scotch. I mean, I know I have Macallan 15. I don't think I have any of the 12. But I'm The just... less peaty, the better. So if yeah. you have like a potion potion or something that will go in there, yeah. I don't know if it's Hoshin Toshin or how they say that. Hoshin. Hoshin. But... Is that how it's said? Hoshin. I actually, I think it's pronounced more French. It's Ocean Trochon. It's oh, very French. As you know, the Scots, they love the French. <laughs> I in my elbow, my shoulders when I say it. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's how you, from now on, that is how henceforth it'll, it shall be. Ah, I almost pronounced. hate to bring this down because I'm loving your energy and your spirit and you're like so rubbed up. But I'm going to have to ask, what sours your mash today, my friend? Oh, what, what got your code? Oh, my. Okay. Now he, oh, he, he's, his energy has changed. He is ready. He is laser focused to rip into something or someone. Horns, Horns are out. What sours my mash? You know, this is really important that I have a moment to speak on this. Because I'll tell you exactly what. I came from an industry that as a general standard, lacks consistency and accountability. Mm -hmm. I came from hospitality and service, which I loved. And I didn't know why I loved it. And it took me until I was 36 and sprouting grace like Cruella de Vil to understand that what I loved about it was the exchange of life energy, what we're doing right now. For a long time, I lacked the skills or life experience to leverage my passion for relationships into another skill, right? So I was a career server, bartender, and things like that. And I, like the rest of my 20-year-old peers, joined the group of lack of accountability. Mm. And then I had my boy. I had my little kid. And he's awesome. And something happens, a weird switch in, in your brain happens. And over the last six years, I have realized that a general lack of a general lack of urgency and authenticity in the workplace has permeated every single industry and it's been so frustrating to me in my field because i go into places where i want them to make me a magical cocktail and i want them to take me on the journey i just took you on right and i realized nobody gives a do you know how hard it is to love what you do and be this passionate about the exchange of life energy and you fucking show up and you realize they don't give a fuck. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, we we yes. unfortunately, I think we're all in the same general <laughs> group where we have noticed that, and it is crushing. And it is bankrupting the spirit of this industry. Hmm. There's no passion. Um, there's no there's no passion for authenticity. And ownership traditionally does not encourage you to lean into you. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Which is where we shine. Wow. On that note, Justin. Holy shit, man. That got real. Um, that too yeah, deep. Got real that's so fast. Too deep a sour <laughs> Ooh, I it is not too deep. Business. I'm like, that. you know what? That's actually very heartfelt. And my yeah. kid doesn't want his, his heartfelt. So well done, um, you. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Yeah. Um, so just kind of starting off here, I just want you to know that in 2013, I actually purchased the hashtag ambassador to all things swank and brand representative of, and then insert whatever. So you can't have it. Um, no. I can lease it to you. I can lease it to you. We'll talk about terms. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I have, is it, is it, it's pronounced high clear, right? High clear cast. Yes. Okay. So what I'm getting, I'm sort of getting like ninth century esoteric botanicals, like kind of like European fruit, um, hints of like lime candy, um, mummified, things i'm just i'm, I'm fucking no on that's my... the wrong gin that's a certain common gin which means oh, that's the other gin oh i'm reading we these notes we were I'm literally so i read these notes and suddenly there's a rant about howard carter and i i'm hooked i'm like i don't know what the fuck is happening right now with my own goddamn show but i'm <laughs> yes God. love it anytime we can talk about howard carter um so i so i have to say i've i also was a whiskey person dating back far too long. Um, I've been writing an American whiskey book as everybody who listens knows I'm still working on it guys simmer down. Um, and I've, I've tasted so many whiskeys and so many whiskeys and so many whiskeys. And then sometimes your palate just gets dead. It just gets deadened um, because there's only so much caramel and vanilla it can take before the palate says, fuck it. Mm. So I working with some competitions and working with some other projects, I came across a gin as a category and I fell in love with the differences because like you, I assumed it was just an upgrade to nail polish remover with a little bit of fruit and juniper. Mm. And unfortunately a lot of them are, yeah. I was out tasting with a Vermont gin the other day and they have a um, an old Tom style, and then they have uh, a barrel aged. And I was amazed at how complex and the fruit and the kind of roasted lemon and all these other weird things that you can pull out that aren't just vanilla and caramel. Mm. Um, and so I've been on kind of a gin kick myself. And I have to say, this is, it's it's light on the nose, and I'm not certain if that's my glass because I'm using different glasses these days to try. I'm, I'm, we're, my colleagues and I are testing out new glasses for a project, and so we're we're literally just kind of having fun with with various glasses. Um, <clears throat> but it is subdued. I do not get hit in the face with juniper, and I really appreciate that. Um, yes, I understand juniper has to be uh, an ingredient or. or a forward ingredient, whatever you want to, however you want to say it, however the TTB defines it this week, because you can never find the same answer twice with those fuckers. Um, 
And that's every distiller I've ever spoken to. They literally, I've received calls. Like I know people at the TTB, I do, but they're like, they're calling me like, hey, this guy rejected my application. But last week, this other guy, you know, approved the same exact recipe. And I'm like, they don't under, they don't know. This isn't a rant on the TTB, but. I mean, are you sure that's not your sour is your mash? Because it is, it is, it is not actually. I have a traffic related one today. Oh my God, Justin. Jesus. In this situation. Juniper is so important, but I want it on the exhale. I just want to, I want a reminder that I'm drinking a gin, but I don't know that it needs to meet me at the door. No, I agree. And I, and I appreciate that I don't get hit in the face with pine resin too. Or some of these other just super notable flavor profiles in gin where it's like, hey, it's a forest. That's nice. If I wanted a forest, I'd go outside. You yeah. know, just give me something that's complex and flavorful and fun. And this meets those. I love the creamsicle note on this. That's yeah. one of my favorite things about gin is this creamsicle note. And those are the gins that I kind of go towards. Yeah. I really want to try this with a little bit of a dash of like if you took cucumber water and then froze it as an ice cube, mm. you a little mint in here, like mm-hmm. one ice cube that's, that's, that's made out of cucumber water, a sprig of mint and like a dash of something really weird on the bitter side, root beer or something really ridiculous. Like a ginger beer. Sure. Um, there's yeah. Ginger bitter would be perfect with this. Just a dash of that and just throw it in there. I, I think that would make a great cocktail. Um, but getting to my sours, my mash. I, come, I pull into a gas station today and I <clears throat> I pull into a gas station and there's construction happening. And so half of the pumps aren't available. So we all have to wait. So I get there. This guy's pulling in this big SUV is pulling in and he starts yelling, not yelling, but like telling me like, Hey, the, the, this one doesn't work. So he's going to pull up to the next one. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take whatever the next spot is. And he comes out because he has to, because he put his gas tank on the wrong side. So he pulls out and turns around and goes back in. I'm like, okay, cool. So the next spot starts to open up. And the lady who showed up five minutes after me starts yelling at me. Motherfucker, you better not be trying to take that spot what? to me. That's this, this, These are her words. I'm not embellishing. And I'm thinking, you've lost your goddamn mind, sweetheart. I... It, the proper thing to do is person who's there, you know, first takes the next spot. This is, this is 101 humans. Okay? This is not new. <laughs> so she starts yelling, motherfucker, don't get out of your car. What? Okay. So I pull into the, to the, to the space. I pull into the, to the, to the, um, gas. What do we call it? The, the pump. Oh. Yeah. And I, I fumbled, I was fumbling for like a minute to find my keys. I couldn't find my keys. They were in my, my briefcase. So I, I get out. She starts yelling again. She, she had backed up trying to block me in what? at this point and thought that she could reach the, the, the thing and start pumping gas. Wait, what the fuck is wrong with this crazy bitch? So eventually she, so I get out of my car and I don't engage. And this is where I think my wife would be super, super proud. I don't engage. I don't need to be shot at. I don't need to beat somebody to death. I, I, I'm, I just need to chill. So she starts yelling. Fuck you, motherfucker. That is, that is the whitest fucking thing I've ever seen. This is her words. I can't. And I'm thinking, bitch, you have never met a white person then. 
if this is the <laughs> the whitest thing you've ever seen, like, super ghetto person, just just yelling shit. I'm like, I'm the whitest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> that is exactly what she. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Joshua. Um, <clears throat> like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm not going to engage. Lauren would be super proud. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna not even glance over in her direction, which pissed her off even more. And she just kept yelling. And at a certain point, I just stopped. I just stopped listening. Like I didn't care. I pump my gas. <clears throat> a van pulls up behind me. I kind of make eyes with him. I'm like, you know, I, I pointed out the fact that there's no other pumps. So he backs up so I can back up so I can get out. And I drive away. I didn't engage. I didn't do anything. But seriously, America, be prepared for an open letter. Dear America. And the rest of the world. Actually, I love the way they drive in Morocco. My mom did too. She was like, oh my God, I'd love to. Because all they do is honk. They don't have street lights. They just have, you know, roundabouts and they just go. Like it doesn't. Oh, yeah. And I didn't see any accidents. Thousands of cars doing this. Nobody hit anybody. Dangerous and scary and fascinating. Wow. But basic decorum says that if someone is there first, they should, if I had pulled in after somebody, I would have 100% said, go ahead. I'll wait the extra minute and a half, which is all she ever had to wait for the next car to pull out so that she could take the spot next to me. A minute and a half. I'm not going to be intimidated. Look at me. I look like I should be in Guantanamo. I'm not in the mood for you. But I'm not having that bullshit. So I didn't say anything this time. But in my previous life, several years ago, I would have opened fire on that bitch. I would have walked over and I would have just, there would have been nothing left of the two people in that car. Be careful about penting things up, Justin, because the next fucking Karen who pulls up on you, you're going to be like, fucking. It's, and that's the thing is it's, it's not about... For, for me, it's not about p- pending up the rage. It's just about let actually, and this is where I struggled for the longest time. It's not about keeping it inside. It's about actually letting it go, which is why it's a sour as my mash because I can come here. It's a therapy session from, for the team and I, we can, we can sour as my mash. We can talk, we can drink, but seriously, people learn some basic decorum. That's all you have to do. Don't be an asshat. Love, sweet. There you go. <laughs> On that fabulous note. You're yeah, a better let's, man. Let's all have a drink. You're <laughs> a better man than me, and I'll tell you why. I'm an engager. Oh, I am an engager. I'm an engager in the most comical, instigative fashion, and it always ends up with me saying, why did I have fucking say that <laughs> I just, you know you had to go for the joke bud like you had to fucking just drop that in front of laquisha who fucking just backed her civic up to my driver's side door to do the reach around of gas pumping she gave yeah. your reach around is what she did justin <laughs> and we just all let it transpire and i would have been my wheels would have been fucking turning man I would have been boiling, but that was a hysterical take. To, to me, and, and again, in, in my intemperate youth of 15 minutes ago, I would have 100%, and Julia has driven with me. She knows what I've done to cars on the road. 
yeah. if you're brushing your hair or doing your makeup, you're a dead person. Like you're you're a body bag on the highway next. Like legit, she knows this. Um, but I I I I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about you know my wife. I'm thinking about the consequences. You know, I don't I don't have time to fill out paperwork. I had to get to this podcast. I don't have time to deal with cops. I don't have time to say, hey, sorry, I murdered this person. I got to go do this podcast, but I'll be back to the station later. I don't have time for that. Nobody has time for that shit these days. I appreciate your mature approach to the resolution. Because now we all get to drink and enjoy. And that's (laughs) exactly. And plus, I pissed a bunch of people off at the airport um, when we were in Lisbon. This group of overprivileged white male Karens and, and their wives that's just different hours by match, but I let them have it. And the whole flight, they were pissed off. I ruined a 14-hour flight for these people. Yes! A fresh, sketchy-ass King Charles cocktail, minus the fucking rosemary sprig, because I'm a, a, clearly a peasant. But let me let me get this poured up while you guys continue on the road to success here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, now I really want that cocktail. I'm going to make a cocktail. Wait, so... It looks like scotch. Oh, yeah. Yep. Here in that... Gallon 12, yep. Remind us, it was... Hold on. Tell us what you're doing. Walk us through the... Half ounce of Macallan 12. Two ounces of the gin. High clear castle. I think there was lemon juice and sans the sprig of rosemary. We're going to do it the right way. Is it, is, it, is it me or is it kind of weird to say King Charles? It is. Like also, the last King Charles take... was in the 1600s. But also, why did it take so long? Didn't she die a while ago? I mean, it always takes it always takes a while to get the the actual <laughs> coronation. Like some some queens weren't coronated. Some kings and queens didn't have the coronation for up to I want to say two or three years afterwards. Really? Yeah. That there's there's a lot of logistics to go through on this stuff. There are logistics. Okay, so Joshua, take us through this live demonstration cocktail class here. I'm going to drop two ounces of Hyper Castle Gin into a mixer. I'm going to drop a half an ounce of Macallan 12. Look at that deft twist of the, of the... He's got tools and shit. He's Masterful. Oh, I'm on it. Is that fresh lemon juice? This is actually fresh squeezed lemon juice that I'm making a mess of current. You're making us all look bad, man. Splash, half ounce, how much lemon juice? And then I would put ice in here, but again, back to peasantry. I'm not quite (laughs) I don't want to leave the room. I don't want to leave dead space. We're trying to make magic. So I'm going to do it because you know what? After the first one, I don't really discriminate. Hey, there you go. We don't discriminate here either. Like, what are you at? You made that in your basement? <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pour. Tasty. And enjoy. Uh, and if I had ice, I have. I would strain it. And I'd do all the fucking pageantry. And I would put the rosemary and I'd light it on the side. Could you, could you, I was going to say, could you flambe it for us? Just yeah. have a little flare. No I one's going to see it but us. You said it. I mean, high clear enough proof. I'd wipe this whole place off. <laughs> we go down. I could drive a, I could drive a Model T with this stuff. <laughs> oh shit! I mean, I was one of the questions I was going to ask you in a little bit was going to be, what are the best cocktails to make with this particular gin? And you know what? You uh, 
fucking delivered already. I didn't even have to ask you. You just gave us a brilliant recipe. This is our feature. But you know what? If you want me to tell you my favorites, they're different. Of course I do. I am, quite frankly, I'm a slut for a good bee's knees. Hey! (laughs) A little little southern charm to it. I start talking with a drawl. Grow me a pair of snake skin boots. I don't even know. It takes control of me. You know, I'll blast Morgan Wallen and shit gets squirrely. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's happening there, but but okay. That's oh my god. <laughs> oh, I don't even know where to go with that. Um <laughs> yeah, I got I got nothing. He's he's ruined the show and now we're gonna take a oh, quick no. break. He's taken the show to new levels and new heights with his brilliance. And now I'm just like, my my show note outline is really boring. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Welcome to the show. Like, what is, come on, we've already welcomed it to the show. Um, <laughs> we, I got, we got juice all day. Oh, good. No, okay, so wait, let's go back a little bit. So we know you have your background in the industry as a bartender. What connected you with this brand? What got you into High Clear? Well, I don't want to say nepotism because that's not the reality. My brother is the CEO, though. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the obvious answer, right? Um, Here's the reality. My brother is a dreamer. And he's a brilliant, brilliant entrepreneur. And he had a track record of phenomenal success. I took a different path and was in general sales. Um, So I went from bar management, like we alluded to before, my passion for the exchange of life energy has been a constant in my life. I went from that to car sales. Car sales, I got my mortgage license. And after that, I got my real estate license. I continued to be in service to, to all of the principles that I loved about the service industry. But, um, when, when my brother came to me and said that he needed a, a brand champion, I believe were the words he used. He said, I need someone who understands sales, but more so understands relationships. I need someone who can really convey and carry um, a proud message and who believes in what this bottle represents. Now, what does this bottle represent? Would I have taken the job if it was a bottle of just alcohol? What does that do for the for the world or for relationships or for anything else? I don't know if it, that it's much, just a bottle of fucking ethanol. But something that I cannot quantify happens when you share, share a beautiful cocktail, maybe a good cigar, the right meat, the right cut of steak, the right meal. Something fucking happens. No one's ever been able to bottle it. Or maybe they have. But something happens over a cocktail and you reach this magical reduction of walls that we all walk around with. They're the masks, right? And no one knows us, who we are, our truth when we come home. But a good cocktail is a little portal to authenticity. And it brings us a little bit closer to who our authentic self is 
And that's why you make so many friends at the bar. And that's why brilliant deals are concocted over golf and cocktails amongst financial professionals. It's where I used to work. Half the deals were done at the bar and on the golf course. Hmm. Why couldn't they be done elsewhere? You know, <laughs> something happens, something magical, the spirit of spirits, perhaps. But um, that's what brought me here. He said, I need someone who knows that, can carry that message and isn't just trying to sell to reach a quota or numbers, who has a real passion for this. It's not every day they would even allow anybody to do a podcast representing the brand. Um, I'm relatively new here. You know, I just came from the real estate world. But you can tell my passion for spirits and the exchanger of what we're talking about is not new. Oh yeah, that that comes through loud and clear. And that is one of the reasons I really wanted you on the show is because your love, your passion, your enthusiasm really stands out. And I, I just think that's fantastic. Thank you. Um so let's let's start with a with a question here. Um that was eloquent. You're 40 minutes in. How are we starting? Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Let me Fine, we won't start. Well, let's let's begin with a question. Um, you mentioned cigars, um, and I want to go down this rabbit hole because I've been a big cigar fan for a very long time. You can probably see there's a few humidors on the bookshelves behind me. <clears throat> there's other humidors around the room, um, all full of, of various things. And in fact, I picked up some great Spanish cigars when I was in the Canary Islands. So I'm excited to break into those at some point. Um, I don't think, and again, sometimes I don't want to sit outside when it's a nice summer day and have a glass of whiskey that's going to rip my face off with the damn tannins and the vanilla and the oak and a cigar, which is just going to continue to do the same thing. Sometimes I want something bright and refreshing. Like, I, I really became obsessed with sidecars on this uh, on this cruise that I on this trip that I just took, um, um, because they were all included with the with the with the drinks package. Um, so I was doing a couple of pina coladas and a couple of sidecars a day, which I don't drink much. So that probably is what trashed my kidneys. But hey, it's okay; they'll grow back. Yeah, that's what that's what Lauren says. I don't I don't think either of you understand actual anatomy, but okay. Um, <laughs> so. Trivial. Yeah, not a doctor. It's fine. Not a, not a doctor. Um, so but let's, I believe one on TV once. That's fair. That's fair. She she did a stint in ER. Actually, she was eleven. Um, <laughs> did a stint as uh, as the second bastard child of uh, of Noah Wiley. Anyway, um, cigars. Let's let's talk about this because I I love a good cigar, and I don't think that cigars and gin get respect. Just the same way, I don't think um, gin and cheese gets enough respect. So we're going to table the cheese discussion for later. But let's talk about cigars and gin. So. (laughs) We have an uphill climb in general because tobacco is the enemy. Right? I mean, I, I quit smoking two years ago. I'm cheating like the millennials do. <laughs> 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 and digital daddies. But 
listen, <laughs> the reality is this is like the internet's way of smoking now. I just like plug in. Hold on one second. I gotta upload my nicotine. <laughs> You're just fucking exhale it. Like what a mess, right? But what the reality of what I'm talking about is the negative connotation around the smell, funk, overall essence of cigars. So what do we lack? Do we lack an appreciation of cigars or do we lack what millennials effectively refer to as a safe space? <laughs> I think that's probably the latter. How many of us do not have a safe space to enjoy our cigars? And we live in the bureaucracy that that over overpowers Connecticut's fucking you know, common sense that says a lot of people would love to have whiskey and cigars in the same fucking spot. And our shop is just crushing it because they've had their license since 1492 or whatever fucking Columbus sat here and roasted up his first doggy. I don't even know, but we can't replicate that beautiful model. We can't do it because one Karen with a fucking blast like this, the fucking, the smoke it's like I'm sucking on a muffler, she'll say. And and it's just like, uh, then you know what? Find a fucking other restaurant. What <laughs> else the power of, of, of free choice, right? Like we want to protect everyone from themselves. But what if I have no interest in being protected? I want my defects of character. Please let me fucking smoke a fat stogie and have a whiskey so I can tolerate my job, my wife, and everybody else who's invaded my safe space this week. You know, that was the solution for safe space back in 1950s was a beautiful martini and a cigar. That's what that was called back then, but we weren't pansies, so we called it a fucking martini and cigar. So here we are, trying to make this beautiful cigar, which is renownedly successful amongst cigar smokers, but what we lack in culture is a safe space for people to be as profoundly moral or immoral as they want to be. And that is what was beautiful about America. I believe, I believe it was Mark Twain. Maybe Mark Twain. I don't know. We'll, we'll should Google this while I'm um, looking looking it up. Let me Google it. But uh, I think it was Mark Twain who said, nothing needs more control or nothing needs to be regulated more than other people's habits. Um, uh, <laughs> sounds like something to say. <laughs> I, so they actually used to, I used to pick up my nieces in Chicago. They went to this little private school and around the corner, there was a cigar OTB bar. And, you know, people would bring in, you know, retirees, whoever would, you know, they'd bring in a bottle. They'd have their cigars stored there. I went in a few times. I had a cigar. I chilled. I never I never gambled because I'm not a derelict. But um, uh, just kidding, kids. Everybody relax. Vegas, don't, don't send me letters. Um, but... Uh, you know, you go in, you have a cigar, you meet a couple of people, you hang out in a nice leather comfy chair for a couple of hours, and you go pick up your kids, you go pick up your niece. It's a thing. So uh, it's not a vice. I get that tobacco is bad. I absolutely get that. I get that tobacco companies have been lying to citizens for centuries. I get that. <laughs> but the occasional cigar with a nice cocktail or with a nice glass of gin or with a nice you know sip of whiskey or two sitting out on your porch 
there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's salubrious. It's meant to be restorative. It's meant to stop. So when you say safe space, what I hear is millennials can't stop for half a second and not have their phones in their hands. I was driving up the road the other day and she couldn't have been more than 19. I'm sorry, you're walking down a hill filled with potholes in practically the middle of the street because there's no sidewalk and you're playing on your goddamn phone. Do you know how dangerous that is? Put down your your goddamn phone. And this is for everybody in America, frankly. Down your goddamn phone and pay attention. And pick up a cocktail. And pick up a cocktail. They got a cocktail and a cigar. See, the thing about cigars is, unlike cigarettes, unlike vapes, you need to be present. It's not something that can be easily, mindlessly, quickly done. You need to cut it. You need to light it properly. You need to make sure it stays lit. And it's just, be present with it. It's so much easier. Like, there's no reason for a vape or a cigarette to be present with it. You it's just a, touched on it. You, yeah. you just said it right there. It would require you be present. Now, yeah. is that a quality indicative of the culture today? No. no. So, and, and I would challenge something, Justin, you said, because I love your take on this. And I have a, I have a counter. What's wrong with a defect? Why am I not entitled to the freedom? When I talk about safe space, I'm referring to freedom. I'm referring to freedom to to be as whatever I feel inspired to be without affecting the, the better public, of course, right? Can't be intoxicated, public drunk, things like that. That's, not, that's not what I'm lobbying for. I'm lobbying for the ability to say, life is challenging. My mind is complex. It's a bad neighborhood to be alone. And if I feel like the exchange of life energy is expedited with a cocktail and a cigar, despite the social parameters and and what is good and bad, I don't know that it's up for anyone to decide as long as it's within the, it does not affect the common man bracket, right? You know, we can't say, well, I'm just like a big fan of being a serial killer, so don't judge me you know like obviously there's an ethical bracket we live within but enjoying spirits enjoying cigarettes cigar cigars or cigarettes for that matter in the moderation that you deem appropriate to your lifestyle without affecting the quality of life of others is your prerogative and it was a beautifully american prerogative it was i'm sitting here as a british friend saying that i would go over to europe and i find out they're far more freer than us Oh, yeah. You go out on the sidewalk, people are fucking smoking, everybody. I, they must have a lifespan of 60, by the way, the Americans talk, because everybody's like that. And I'm wondering if the reality changed, the science changed, or just the narrative. Because it was inconvenient to people in desperate search of a safe space. And the new safe space is I want you all to change to make wherever I happen to be safe. Instead of saying, I'm going to employ the tools and do the self-work to tolerate all the indifference around. 
And and that is exactly the point I was making. Thank you, new co-host Joshua. Um, definitely going <laughs> to have you back on. That that was eloquent and accurate. And so my point wasn't that safe spaces shouldn't exist. It's that certain people take the term safe space and they bastardize it to mean, oh, you're trying to impose your will on me. And other people take it as, I want to be left alone to do my own thing. And that's what I want. That's what everybody wants. Leave me alone to do my own thing. As long as I'm not breaking a law, unless that law is stupid, um, or as long as I'm not hurting anyone else. And yeah, I get it. There, there, you know, there are some larger cities where they're banning cigarette smoke in apartment buildings because it does, unfortunately, damage other people's lungs. And I understand that. That's not what we're talking about here. You're right. You're yeah. completely right. And, and you know what? And the people have a choice to move there. Yeah. And if they ban cigarettes, like my building has zero cigarette smoke. So I live, you're not allowed to smoke anywhere on the premise. Yeah. A lot of it is like that. Yeah. And it's, you can't smoke anywhere on the premise or you, you risk, you know, fines and then, and then not having your lease renewed. Right. Um, I'm actually a huge proponent of that as someone who conveniently quit in time to be a fan of that. I, I now am like, fuck those smokers. Are you fucking kidding me? It smells like a fucking ashtray out here. But you want to know what my soul's saying? My soul says it smells like freedom. <laughs> and I go stand next to them and I spark up a conversation with strangers. And it's a little bit of a miracle I haven't been kidnapped yet. But I live vicariously through the secondhand smoke of freedom that washes over me when I stand next to someone shamelessly in their fucking pajamas with a Marlboro fucking 472 that things like a pool cue and she's smoking it. She's like, did you need a light or something? Or are you just hanging out here? And I fucking stand there and I'm like, I'm just here for the whole experience, honey. I want the, I want the dialogue. I want the fucking cigarette. I want the whole package. You know, I'm there for it because this is so marvelously free. She said two different flip-flops doesn't matter to me. I'm rolling out anyway. So she fucking put them on in the jammies, fucking Marlboro, crushing life. I mean, she wasn't draped in the American flag. I don't know what is. <laughs> first of first of all, her name is Helen. She was nine, She was sixty seven years old. She married a longshoreman in nineteen seventy two. I, I, I know that. I know this lady. One hundred percent. Thousand percent. She was Helen. One hundred percent. Married a longshoreman. He died, unfortunately, of lung cancer. <laughs> back in the back in the, the late nineties, they had two kids. Both moved away. I'm a hundred. I know this lady. Her name's Helen. Just so you yeah. know. And you've met her four times, but she always tells you the story about her husband every time you meet her. Every single time. It's like, yeah, Helen, I, I know. He he served in the Merchant Marines. He's a great longshoreman. He was a good fella. Love that his hat's still sitting on the on the thing, on the on the mantle. Hasn't been dusted in since 1999. He starts no? the story off with, have you ever heard of a boat? <laughs> 100 percent great new invention you know they do the water a hundred percent i mean this is this is america and oh. and i love those stories i used to the trains in chicago for some odd reason i have this face i don't know why because i've been told that i have a fuck off guantanamo face but for some reason some people some people see that when i make eye contact with them and they think in this four and a half minute train ride I can tell this guy my entire life story 
And for some reason, I think he's going to care. FYI. Uh, I hate it when people do that. I didn't care. I still don't care. You never will care. I never will care. But anyway, let's get back to Jen. Um, you have the apparently, apparently like, that's what we're supposed to be talking about. The amount I, of times I, people in a bar have come up and shared their life story with me, I'm like, mm, that's unfortunate. Oh, no I thanks. feel bad for myself. I, I love it. I love to hear how you acquired your four cats. I can't wait to hear. Is it is one's name Toby? Oh, wow, unique. Oh, that's wonderful. Is tell me, he, tell me all about how you got Paul and it came with a scratching post and the whole situation. A hundred percent. You moved to Sarasota? Is that really the truth? Tell me more. Tell me more. I've always wanted to know. Hey, they have a pickle museum. Um hey, I love pickles. Pickles are delicious. I think there's a pickle museum somewhere in Pennsylvania. There's a mustard museum in Indiana. There's a mustard yeah. museum in Wisconsin. It might be I Wisconsin. I don't know if it's in Indiana. It's Wisconsin, son. How dare you say Minnesota? What happened? I said, I said Indiana. I well, think it was. Oh, where the damn, where's the mustard museum I'm thinking of? While we're, th- while we're looking about, up the mustard museum and talking about gin, I want to say something. This gin is fantastic with chocolate. Ooh, fuck. I want chocolate. No. Chocolate. Yes. Uh, I happen to have. I. I never. I never don't have. I completely the wrong way of saying that. I never don't have stuff on my desk. There's always either cheese crackers or chocolate or something that I'm, and you know, t- you know, pairing. But picking up what you're putting down, bro. Yes, dude. Ooh. Try it. I'm telling you, you're. It's thoroughly with this gin. I the creaminess and the kind of orange zest and the peel and everything. It's it's perfect. Mm. Man, there's some vegan cheese in the fridge. I'm tempted to go get because I bet that would be banging with this. Has anybody ever garnished a cocktail with a piece of chocolate? Like citrus dark chocolate? Do you remember those orange? Do you remember those orange chocolate things used to fucking smash? And they have orange chocolate pieces. Imagine one of those sliced as a garnish. I created a cocktail when I lived in Colorado and worked at a wine cocktail bar. And I created a cocktail for after dinner. It was called the French courtesan and I shaved locally crafted artisan chocolates on top of it. And it was amazing. So apparently the mustard museum is in Wisconsin. I'm trying to remember Ah. what the ridiculous museum Ah. was in Indiana. We're over here in a sea of chocolate and spirits and you're locating the mustard museum, Justin? Uh, The the listeners want to know when we come up with it, when we ramble about shit, they want to follow up. They need the data. They need we have the sent data. people to all kinds of museums around the world based on our recommendations. Oh, oh, where the fuck was I? I was somewhere overseas. I was in Germany. Where? And they had a mustard museum. And it was unexpected and delightful. Wow. That's God damn it. Where the heck was I? I'm sure it wasn't Dijon. Give Justin no. two minutes. He's about to research it right now. <laughs> I'll find it. I mean, I have been in Dijon and I got wine infused mustard there and it was wonderful and delicious. Um, anyway, let's let, yeah, we got off on tangents, but this is also called Swig and Ramble. So that's totally fine. They're called we're... rambles, Julia. You need to keep the narrative correct. We got off on a ramble. Not we got off on a ramble. We went down the ramble path. We went down the ramble. Wait, Justin, you looked like you were going to say something. No, no, no. I'm saying that's what we do. We ramble. Oh, that's yeah. I'm surprised people still listen to this shit, frankly, because it's nonsensical half the time. But it's we're, delightful we're, nonsense. We're from home right now. We're down it. We're we're 
we're we're swirling around. We're finding some beet roots. You know, we're we're in it. We're in the mix. So I want to go back to the castle itself, sometimes called a, what was it a, a bishop's palace and a manor house, but High Clear Castle. A lot of you probably know it without realizing you know it because, as Joshua mentioned earlier, it is the place where Downton Abbey takes place. Uh, that is oh, where. Sure, sure, sure. The, the Crawley family lives, and that's where you probably know it. It's also been in a bunch of movies and TV shows, uh, Jeeves and Wooster, Eyes Wide Shut, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Secret Garden, many, many more. It is a very obvious, big, square, giant facade. The estate itself actually apparently dates back to 1749, the earliest documented estate in the region. It was started out as a deer park. And then, you know, eventually they put up all the buildings, renovated castles multiple times. Uh, and now it's a place you can actually go throughout the year uh, in the summer and at specific holidays. You can see the grounds, you can see the rooms, uh, see the gardens and all of that fun stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. Is, um, it, is it 1749? No, 749 is when the estate like the the lands, the grounds were first given to whoever the fuck it was, um, and then it was. So the year seven forty nine. Like, yes. hey guys, I actually wanted to interrupt you for a quick second to introduce you to our CEO Adam von Gutkin. Hi guys, Hi, how are CEO you? Hello, Adam. Hey Adam. Thanks for popping on. Welcome to Swig and I have to be off for the night, but um, really appreciate your support. We appreciate your good spirits and the estate around Highclere and going back to when it was first passed off. Please continue, Julia, because he can add some wonderful context to this. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, one of the earliest documented estates in that region of England, which is the Hampshire portion, which is kind of southwest of London. Um, yeah. But then it wasn't until the 1600s, 1700s that the actual castle itself was built and if you have any other history, please feel free to. Yeah, well, the, the castle as we know it today was actually finished in the late 1800s. But you're right that the Earls of Carnarvon, Lord Carnarvon, my, 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 my business partner, his family was granted the land and title in the late 1600s. However, there are elements of the gin, including the lavender, that were planted in the 9th century by the Bishop of Winchester. So it's over 1,000-year-old lavender. So the estate has a very long kind of play in how we uh, how we integrate it into the story and what it all means. I couldn't even get my lavender plant to last one year. <laughs> I'm like, come on, get out. Game by the way. I literally had my lavender die last year. <laughs> I know. It's something, isn't it? Yeah. So do I don't I know you're bouncing out, but do you have time to tell us about the fifth Earl and how he was an enthusiastic amateur Egyptologist? Yes, of course. I mean and what that led to? Yeah, yeah, so so the fifth Earl, he was the original kind of uh importer of cars to England. And uh what what moment? He, it was the original. My, my, my ride is uh yeah. So he was the original importer of cars to England. One of the originals. And of course, he uh, enjoyed his rides around the estate, which included a few aggressive drives and some accidents. Ooh. As you can imagine, getting into a car for the first time. And so his doctor recommended that he leave England 
and its wet kind of uh, cool winters and go spend some time somewhere it was dry. And so he went to Egypt. And as was the thing at the time, he spent time in Egypt, um, you know, funding, financing, and participating in archaeological digs for, uh, for ancient Egypt. And that was quite a trend at the time, really, in a way. Egypt, uh, ancient Egypt was kind of a new thing. And he was very much a connoisseur of history. And so he began that thing. And it lasted for many years. Um, and they found very little except for a mummified cat, uh, which is still uh, somewhere displayed, I think, in the Smithsonian or in the Met or something like that. And um, it was the very last year that Howard Carter, the archaeologist, the partner and um, kind of uh, the lead kind of expeditionary of the thing, said to um, you know, give me one more year. I've got some leads we should pursue. And so uh, they did that. And... Um, Lord Cadaver went back to Haifa and, you know, weeks later, the steps to the door of the tomb of Tutankhamun was found. Wow. They telegraphed back to Highclair and Lord Cadaver said, I'll be there in a week or two weeks. I'll be there. I'll, I'll book a ship. I'll get there. And Howard Carter actually waited for him to come back, Whoa. which is like so amazing if you think about it. He just absolutely amazing. He waited for him. They opened the tomb together with Howard Carter kind of chiseling through the first rock, Lord Tadarvin right over his shoulder with the torchlight, and they gleamed inside, very famously. Uh, Lord Tadarvin asked Howard Carter, what do you see? And he said, wonderful things. And thus you have the greatest discovery in archaeological history. <laughs> and we made a gin, and barrel aged the gin and made a cigar around that very thing. So with that, I will leave you I yes. must run, but you're in the hands of my glorious brother, who will tell more stories. <laughs> you guys, nice have brother. a great one. Thank you for your support. Thanks. Nice meeting you. And and from that, a new gin was born, which unfortunately is very, <coughs> very difficult to find. But oh my God, Ramblers, I have tasted this. It is fucking glorious. Is it it is might it have been the best. Well, it was the best gin I've ever put in my mouth in one of the best sphere. Oh my god, it fuck. Ah, so tell us about that. So, is it aged in Egyptian wood from the tomb? No, no. Oh, then I don't want it. Is each bottle haunted? I don't, I don't want it. But it's so good, and 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 how it was made was taking our famous high clear castle gin, and it was put into French Armagnac barrels, cognac barrels an American charred white oak. So we had a, a confluence a little bit of French style with a little bit of American char. And it was all aged in there independently and then blended very carefully into something that had just the right smoke, just the right sweet from the Armagnac, just the right caramel notes from the cognac and fruit that comes out of good cognac. Uh, are you guys cognac people? I am a big fan of Armagnac. I'm a big our, our colleagues and I just did a big brandy, cider, and perry uh, collaboration. And so we tasted. Julia, I think you got the samples as well. Um, we had a list of Many. Like eight or nine. No, actually more than that, like 15 cognacs yeah, no, and a few Armagnacs to boot. A goodly so. amount. But the way they come together, 
in that in that barrel aged blend, the way that the American white oak, the charred barrel comes together with the Armagnac and the cognac barrels, um, I don't know that it can be replicated, right? And so that's what's really magical about that is the limited release. I think a lot of companies find themselves putting things out limited release based on they just don't feel like doing it anymore, <laughs> right? Like that's what their version of limited release is. Not in that it can't be replicated. What is so magical about red wine and and in 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 as well as our barrel age is that it's completely subjective to the environment in which it was made, right? And so I don't know that it can ever be replicated in the exact same way. And so it's really, really profoundly rare in that way. Yeah. And which it was every <laughs> bit above and beyond any hype you might have heard about this gin because i had never even heard of it i was so lucky to get to their booth at Vinexpo before the end of the day so i could have one of the last little pours they had left of it holy shit it blew my mind away you should have hit us earlier julia and you and, and now that you mention it i should have hit the stock earlier too i <laughs> think earlier I don't know that I can get a bottle for myself now. I'm going to have to go order it online, which can be done. Um, there is still product left, but as it's already with the distributor, I don't know that I, I think I have to get it the old fashioned way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, where can folks find High Clear Castle Gin and your products and where can people follow you and keep up to date with this fabulous gin? Well, for starters, wine gin. I mean, if I if I say nothing else today, <laughs> it is that there is a place, okay? The word on the street is it's in Milford, because I visited. Yep. And it. it is you the most magical little place. Let me talk a little bit about Wines and More, because I'm someone who walked into a bevy of travesties. And if you know what I mean by that, I'll date myself here. Has anybody... Anybody ever been in an expect discount? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, you've been. So based on your response, I can tell you've been in an expect discount. Now, an expect discount was a shopping experience that would traditionally require a shower after. The general notion of fishing through clouds of dust, dated products, and shit priced so low it was downright suspicious... <laughs> Okay, because if I'm if you're paying me to take it, what the fuck is the problem? Right. So um, I walked into a lot of package stores recently. Package stores is what us Canetians refer to as a liquor store. I don't know if this goes to out of state residents, but us Canetians up here in New England, we call them package stores. If you ask for a package store in Atlantic City, they will send you to a FedEx. Take my word for it. <laughs> um <laughs> So here in Connecticut, I walked into a lot of these so-called package stores and um, it was uninspiring. It was actually, if I could designate it by industry, the least enjoyable shopping experience I've ever had. Um, it is metal shelves, uninspired, um, no passion, desperate for staff, which is unanimous across America, which I understand that piece. And generally, cardboard boxes piled by the front door for whatever convenient reason they have justified degrading any curb appeal. The reality is I walked into Wines and More, and it was 
It was magical. There was a tasting bar there ready for me beckoning. It had a glow like a like a mosquito light. It was it was I was fluttering to it. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I wanted to know. I wanted to know. They didn't have someone there tasting. And I was like, well, that's a fucking shame. Because I was ready to I was buying what they were selling. Because you because you set up the environment to support retailers like me. It was an enjoyable experience. People at the counter were friendly. I know their names now because they were willing to give them readily. And the setup did not feel like a, a winding trap where I was inevitably going to get some cheese that causes me cancer. It was well-refined. It was, um, and it wasn't overwhelming. It's a small, cute, boutique little shop that you should be very, very proud to be a part of. And I'm very, very proud to say that I will be hosting a tasting there at a date that Julia will clarify momentarily because I'm not as prepared for this podcast as I ought to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's fine. We, we have some date on the on the schedule, so I'll be sure to shoot that out to uh, Okay, so she knows listeners. what I mean. It's some date yeah. coming up. And you it's guys- It's a secret date. <laughs> I want to say May 5th, but that might be a lie. It's around that time. And if I can just briefly pull up my outlook here while we're having a little convo, don't mind me. I'm just just slightly gazing through my mess. Um, it's it's a hundred percent not May not May fifth. Not May fifth. Okay, not May fifth. hundred percent. No, because that's a Wednesday, isn't it? I don't even know, kids. My brain moving. It fries your brain. You can't think. Yeah, anyway. but you're really you're really crushing it. You know, it's Friday, May twenty sixth. Hey, I was in the right month. <laughs> you did barely, bare, barely, and you crushed it. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, for those of you in the Connecticut area, you can pick up High Clear at Wines and More, 242 Boston Post Road in Milford off exit 36. Also, um, I yeah. will highlight that you can you can order that barrel age you've been singing about online. Oh. You can go to High Clear Castle... High, I oh. <laughs> HighClearCastleSpirits.com or high, I think it's HighClearCastleGin.com, actually. You can go to hypercastlechin.com. You can privately order your your whole um, your order anywhere to you. We do have e-commerce and some. And can I highlight? Do you have a minute to allow me to highlight one other upcoming event? Yes, please. I would really, really love to take a minute. So the Guard Arts Theater. Are you guys familiar with the Guard Arts? No, what's that? The Guard Arts is one of the oldest theatrical places in the nation it's one of i don't know if it's the oldest um it is in new london and they do wonderful concerts theater and events there and it's been supported for an extremely long time they're a really wonderful fixture in in the connecticut landscape um and upcoming on april 29th there is the high clear castle gin king charles cocktail um tasting it's a pairing it's a competition between four restaurants to see who came up with the best pairing mm. for the king charles cocktail cool. and it's done blind so there's nobody who you know that if they don't know the restaurant um the four restaurants i really want to hi highlight come down and see us it's going to be a wonderful event try the cocktails at each of these restaurants i'm going to be there 
hitting you with the jazz hands and all this wonderful energy I bring to the podcast today. Um, and those restaurants are as follows. The Hot Rab Cafe, which has been a wonderful teammate and support of ours for a little bit now. Um, and we're really excited to see what they've done with our magnificent chin. Um, the Blue Duck, which is also in the area, a really wonderful establishment, great environment. I encourage everybody to go there and have dinner. Um, Tuskers, sushi, sushi! I wasn't a fan, then I was. So get your hey, ass yeah, And Tony D's, Tony D's restaurant, wonderful um, Italian trattoria. I think you guys will absolutely love it. Um, please head down. Support our gin, support these restaurants, support those who support us so that I can support you with a further visit. And we're all going to be a supportive fucking ecosystem. You hear me, folks, on the podcast on the far end? I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down because I'm passionate. Come see us. It is a concert with Mandy Pittington, Paddington, Paddington. He is a phenomenal vocalist who is apparently world renowned. I have yet to hear them. I'm going to the show. Extremely excited. Get yourself familiarized and come join us at the Guard Arts event on April 29th, which is a Saturday, conveniently enough, for those of you who work five days a week. Ex- yeah, except for those who work in the service industry. Then, jobs. Saturday free. <laughs> that's why it's on Saturday. Oh, well, yeah, cheers. Thank you so much for sharing all about that. It's a little bit of a, I went on a ramble. I I did go on a little bit of a ramble, a plug ramble, but I hope you all tolerated it with grace. I thought it was fantastic. I I thought it was fine. And we can always cut that if we need to. Yeah, edit me out if I'm long-winded. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're going to edit out our guests. And on that note... Um, I think we're we're all done for this afternoon, for this evening, wherever you're listening, uh, in the next you know few weeks as you as you listen and and uh, enjoy our our show. Um, stay tuned uh, next time when we discuss those assholes who only look at their phones. Fuck those fuckers. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Download almost anywhere. Join our Facebook group and follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!